testes. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> oh That's not good. I, uh, I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. Hello and welcome to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. I'm Editor-in-Chief Trace Savage. I don't have any idea what episode this is. We haven't done one in what seems 14. like a month. 14? Is this 14? Yeah. This so. is like a... A baker's dozen is 13. What is 14? I thought that was a baker's dozen. No, a baker's no, dozen 13. is 13. Okay. Well, 14 is just 14. A baker's son's dozen? Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about two different things today. We're going to talk about our travels around the state of Oklahoma, which I don't know if it's really around. We've gone two directions so far uh, on our on our on what we're calling our rural listening tour, which screams urban uh, elitist uh, yeah. gibberish to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, b- that's what, that we can't think of anything else <laughs> yeah. to describe it. Like, Such as that uh, may be. We're going to go to a brewery in Duncan, Oklahoma. Um, and then we're going to talk about the key storyline in, in America right now, the University <laughs> of Oklahoma and the University of Texas bolting the Big 12 for the Southeastern Conference in 2025 or maybe earlier. Oh my gosh, um, I can't wait. I know. Angela Jones, how are you? Sports! Uh, <laughs> Andrea, Andrea Dinhood. This topic was my idea, but uh, don't know anything about it. Okay, good. I'm excited. Well, you actually suggested bringing in somebody else who does know something about it, a man who wrote uh, a thousand-word commentary uh, on the topic that got like 6,000 views over the mm. weekend, Jeremy Cowan. The man, the myth, the legend. Oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm here in all my uh, bald glory. You're you're wearing fuchsia. I like it. I, I am wearing fuchsia. Yeah, I, you I, have I, excellent I, pair of I socks. I tried to. You, I didn't match my socks to my shirt, but I coordinated my yes. socks with my socks. shirt. What yes. do your socks look like? Well, they're they kind of they're hamburgers. They're yeah. burgers and, and shakes with the purple yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. As Angela said, I'm probably going through something <laughs> in this time of my life. But, but you look on point. I look on point. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank uh, you. That's. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why we keep describing what people are wearing here on the podcast. <laughs> this is a bad habit. This is, this is radio, Trace. Wait, maybe, we're trying to paint a picture. Maybe by the Baker's Daughters Dozens episode, <laughs> we will know not to do that. Um, I just want to say, first off, Bryce Holland, you've been doing a great job as our audio engineer. Thank you. Yeah. Say something so they know your voice. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am uh, happy to be here and happy to... Keep working on this podcast. Now, between you and Jeremy Cowan here, uh, <laughs> we have two people from who hail from southeastern Oklahoma. Uh, so this is a, could be an exciting uh, episode for us. You're from Hartsorn, Jeremy. Tell us a little Hart- bit about yourself. Hartsorn, Oklahoma, born and raised, uh, graduated in 1992, uh, 68 people in my graduation class, went to OU, more people in Walker Tower dorm than there were in an entire town of Hartsorn when I moved up to Hartsorn. I, I got you beat because you, you lived not far from me. I'm from Canadian. Okay, yeah, that's so. even smaller yeah. than Hartsorn. <laughs> so uh, uh, it, it, uh, graduated from OU in 97 with journalism degree, worked at the Lawton Constitution, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, uh, and then came back, joined the dark side of journalism and went to public relations where I work now for the Oklahoma Bankers Association. 
and uh, I teach journalism over at OU. Uh, teach a couple of classes over there. Teaching too. teaching students how to write. You yeah, teach. Yes, the, the very basics. It's like we're getting the the freshman and the sophomore and teach mm. them how to cut, to not write in a thousand word paragraphs. It, which is basically what you sent me uh, the other day. No, actually, you had a <laughs> that, lot of paragraphs. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true. You had a lot of subheads in there. That was great. I because I read your site. Thank you. Day in, day out, can't stop reading it. I knew <laughs> Listen exactly to every the episode form. of the podcast, <laughs> backwards and forwards. I read every side of it, but I, uh, but I try to format it. Like yeah, y'all you're keep familiar it with the formatting, yeah. yes, sir. That's good. Now, you've had lunch with Angela Jones before. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple be- times. Mm-hmm. Because the Bankers Association uh, is a, a, sponsor, a, do- a sponsor, a donor, whatever a you want to call it. Yes, uh, we're, we're, uh, all, we encourage all our bankers... Uh, I work for the Bankers Association. Nearly every bank in the state is a member of the association. And when I tell, uh, talk to my bankers, to our bankers, I tell them, if you want to know what's going on at the state capitol without any type of uh, prejudice, bias, doctrination, uh, go to nondoc.com. And uh, and they've listened. And, and I think y'all, you know, I see stories uh, like the recent one you did with OU where you talked to a couple of our bankers there, they're, they're becoming more and more familiar with you guys. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I also cover the Development Finance Authority. Uh, I've, I've like, I used to be on the pervert patrol uh, for the beat, the beat of the state of Oklahoma, just covering <laughs> nothing but, you know, sex crimes. Uh, but now I've moved into the Muniland beat, which is like the hashtag on Twitter, Muniland, M-U-N-I-L-A-N-D. That's the hashtag for people who pay attention to the bond markets of America, I've learned. So uh, there's your little uh, Twitter nugget uh, for the day. But anyway, uh, yeah, you're, uh, I, I like, I've gotten to know more bankers than I ever thought I would. Uh, so have I. <laughs> we also should thank uh, uh, Citizens Bank of Edmond. Mm-hmm. for uh, being a sponsor. Jill is wonderful in, in sponsoring some of our work, helped sponsor that Edmund Mayoral debate we did, mm-hmm. and they were very nice in raising our debit card limit so we could pay our uh, WordPress bill the other day. That is very nice. Yeah, I know. It was great. Um, need to pay those bills. Speaking of paying bills, we'll do our pod nod section later. I want to ask you, uh, well, Andrea, I actually want you to ask us. You haven't, you were traveling. Oh. You, while we were on our first uh, rural Oklahoma mm-hmm. stop in Duncan. You were in New York City. New York City. <laughs> yeah. Eating shitty salsa and you know <laughs> trying not trying to prove your vaccination before you walked into a. Uh, uh, I was going to say strip club, true. but I bar. Uh, <laughs> um, so ask us a question or two about our tours. Uh, it's been fun so far, Angela. I think we've had a great time. Well, why don't you tell the nice folks where you went? Well, the first place we went was Duncan. We loaded up here one morning. We drove down to Duncan. We rendezvoused at a coffee shop called. Uh huh. Imper- no. Uh, Something with a V. Viridian. Yes. Well, there we go. Please tell me you went to Kokendorfer Brewery. Yes. We did go to Kokendorfer. I just Brewery. went down there myself two weeks ago. Excellent. <laughs> so. They have a. We have a photo. I guess we'll have to include in the post of Angela and I. Uh, we posed near one of the urinals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Because they made the urinals out of beer kegs, and uh-huh. Angela and I sort of met. Because of a urinal? Yes. I don't know. You yeah. didn't, You want to tell that story? Is this? Is it time? I think so. In short, I had a fake political candidate in college named Jim Lemons, 
Um, Jeremy, that's about when we met, because I minored a little, in... A little before that, uh, I, but but yes, that's where we've started getting to know each other really well. Right. I was minoring in baseball heckling at the University of Oklahoma, <laughs> and and you were part of the... Euro already Cards. had my degree in it. Right. So. There you go. So you mentored me, and I was... Uh, I didn't quite minor in drinking at the library bar and grill, but uh, that was my sort of hobby, and... I had this fake political candidate named Jim Lemons. You can follow him on Twitter at WJimLemons. I like how you say that like everyone knows what you mean when you say, you know, I had this fake political character. Right. Well, he was the most conservative candidate. His, his well, slogan was America, families, et cetera. Yeah. Were, et cetera. Were you Jim Lemons or was he just like a concept? I've never he really was a concept. That. He had a pants party. Um, you know, there were, he, you had to donate <laughs> pants. Was this a pants party or yeah, a party he, in, no, no you I'm had sorry. to donate okay. a pair of pants. Oh, okay. We thought it was a good, we were going to take it to, it turns out people Brick, don't are you? inviting me to a party in your pants <laughs> no uh, we're not uh so anyway that was yada 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 i almost got like the publications board at the daily you remember that saga they yes, got mad about it. well yes. anyway we had stickers and mm-hmm. i don't know if you know that non-doc is you know the, our main marketing strategy is stickers mm-hmm. we got so many stickers and so many uh the original stickers were jim lemons that that was like my first foyer into stickers mm. <laughs> and I had a habit of leaving them on the urinal at the library bar and grill where you were a bartender slash manager. Uh, yeah, I was working there and um, my then boyfriend slash fiance was fiance. the fiance was the manager, I think, at the time. Um, so, yeah, just like three to four a.m. scraping your stickers off the urinal, mumbling to myself over and over again. This guy is the worst guy. Yeah, this is the worst guy and ever. And it turned out you were correct. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and and just like, you know, all the like journalism nerds at the table and you holding court and I'm just, and you know, the way y'all would call out for the Ambers and the IPAs, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put y'all in a bag and drop it over a bridge. But then, then I did not want to be there till four and I really didn't want to be in the men's room scraping stickers off a urinal. But years later, I was still working at a restaurant, so I really moved up in the world. And you and Josh McBee came in uh-huh. to get some happy hour pizzas. And we were joking and laughing. I'm like, these guys are fun. We've got some humor. Oh, wait. I know you. Uh-oh. I hate you. We didn't even have stickers <laughs> at this point. There were no stickers happening. So I think we kind of like, you know, smoothed that over. You published an article about wine choices like on the first week of Nondoc. Yeah, we kind of became, we, we became friends. I let bygones be got bygones. I did some inner work and well, got over it. Turned out other people had been worse to you <laughs> yeah. in the subsequent. <laughs> yes, so you, that's true. So you fled the state. Yeah, worse things had happened in that time right. span. So stickers seemed like a, you know. And then when you returned, go back to our last, our pet cast episode to explain the return of yes. you to Oklahoma. So anyway, long story short, we took this photo by the urinal, which uh-huh. was a beer keg. And so we went to Kokendorfer Korgen, Brewery, mm-hmm. which is excellent. It's over on, I think, Boren Boulevard. It's off of that. It's and not on it, on it's off of that. Mix, I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Don, on the north side of town. Don Nichols mm-hmm. Drive on mm-hmm. the, in the economic... Duncan Area Economic Development Foundation. Mm-hmm. Lyle Rogo gave us a tour. We went by Dream Team Prosthetics, which was a really cool amazing. Uh, business. And they get people from all over the world. They specialize in double, like bilateral, above the knee. Double uh, amputees. Double amputees. Yes. And um, they have like a field in the back where they send people off to wander Practice. and test, test out their new mm-hmm. uh, legs. It's awesome. Um, so that was really cool. Lyle was great. But I spoke at the Rotary Club. In Duncan, uh, which is good because I was able to rattle off the four-way test 
Um, I used to be a Rotarian and, and also gave a speech in high school. Because the four-way test is, one, is it the truth? Two, mm-hmm. is it fair to all concerned? Mm-hmm. Three, will it build goodwill and better friendships? Four, is it beneficial to all concerned? And journalism almost answers yes to all of those, right? And in theory, it, it should. But um, I feel like it's rarely beneficial to all concerned. Well, it, it, only <laughs> if they're being unbeneficial to themselves True. and they get caught True. with their hands in the cookie <laughs> jar. or The truth is always beneficial if you see it that way. You know, yes. hiding yes. somewhere, <laughs> you know, in a public meeting. Um, the... So, the, yeah, that was a great trip. And that was Megan Prather's mm-hmm. hometown. So yeah. that's kind of why we went Duncan? there. It's 25,000. That's right. I was going to guess. It's like McAllister. Just put it on the spot here. 5,000 people? 5,000? 5,000. No. I thought it was more. Oh, bigger. this is the British Columbia, Duncan. Yeah, no, it's bigger <laughs> than that. Some Duncans. Yeah. yeah. It's, I was that's like, the it's Dunkin' got, Donuts. I, okay, 23,000 people. Okay, that's, I, I said 25. That's what I thought. Okay. The British Columbia, Duncan. I don't know. Um so then, the next travels we went, Angela to Elk Mulgee, uh-huh. and that is uh, one of our intern uh, Kylie Hushback. That's her hometown, so she was kind of the leader of that trip. And we visited the Boomerang Diner mm-hmm. and had breakfast with Representative Fat Gatter. Mm-hmm. Um, had pancakes <laughs> covered in peanut butter. Did That's- you go by the lake? Did we? Ew, no. no, it's a hidden little jewel just oh. right there in Okmulgee. Little natural uh, lake, and it and I've been on it a number of times. Gorgeous. Well, you found a, a spring underneath a building. Yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. So there's a natural spring that's in the basement of the Crest building. Um, apparently, there was a, a big, beautiful building built there in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, with a swimming pool on the ground floor or basement floor. I'm not sure how that worked. And then a theater above, and it was just very extravagant. And then after a New Year's Eve uh, party one night, it burnt to the ground. So then they've built this crest building on top of it, on top of it, which is still old and elegant and lovely. But we were able to go down into the basement and kind of crawl down into this hole and check out this natural spring. Huh. I mean, yeah. Cool. Doesn't seem like you could build a building, honestly. Yeah. Seems like a bad place for I a building. I don't get it <laughs> at all. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm almost hesitant to talk about it because I still don't really understand how it's possible. But there is just a room that's even below the basement, and it's just filled with crystal huh. clear water. Wow. The and, then they're, and then they're constantly pumping it out. Oh, okay. So they want to put a brewery in there. So if Corkendorfer wants to expand to the east, mm. the eastern part of the state... So while you guys were doing, while you were crawling around and looking for termites <laughs> in the old buildings, uh, Joe Tomlinson, our editorial uh, reporter or journalist, intern, what the hell, uh, was, uh, he and I toured the Muscogee Nation Council House, which is a great museum and uh, historical resource. Uh, and it, long story short, you can read Joe's article about it, but if anybody wants to understand um, maybe the perspective of certainly Muscogee Nation citizens and other tribal citizens who, uh, you know, certainly feel like the reservation decision and the affirmation of the reservations in eastern Oklahoma is something that does not need to be overturned and, in fact, rights a historical wrong um, and grants sovereign, you know, it reemphasizes sovereignty and, and, and you know, um, stands up for the tribes in a way that they have felt like the government has not for hundreds of years, go tour that house because the first thing you'll learn is that it was built, uh, that property was was built in the 60s and 70s. Uh, there were two different house uh, buildings there. But when statehood happened in 1907, 
the federal government took over the Muscogee Nation Tribal Council House and then leased it back to the new city of Okmulgee. And mm. only 103 years later in 2010 did the Muscogee Nation pay $3.2 million to buy it back. Uh, and so maybe there's a feeling that, like, this was our land in the first place, supposedly. So it was really an eye-opening experience and, and provide, I mean, there's, you know, the whole question uh, of, you know, jurisdictions and things like that is more complicated. But that's what we were able to do. It was a great time. We also had lunch at Tavern 56, mm-hmm. uh, which was enjoyable. And we stopped by, uh, you You ran by the Okmulgee Times, mm-hmm. and then we all stopped by Muskogee Media mm-hmm. um, and met with Angel Ellis and Liz Gray mm-hmm. uh, of the Muskogee News. So mm-hmm. that sums up our recent travels, I guess. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And do you feel like when this rural listening tour first came up, it seems like the two trips that have happened so far have been really great. I think when we were first talking about it in the abstract, I was a little bit like, are we just going to rock up in these towns and everyone's like, what are you doing here? Why are you I mean, here? Yes. Who are you? Basically. Yes. Uh, but do you feel like you're like making valuable connections there? Like what is, what's the value that we're getting out of these trips? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I think that we tried to go place. We're trying to go places. We're heading to Kingfisher, I think on the 17th of August. Mm. And then uh, I think on the 14th of August, we're going to Tuttle. We need to firm this up the rest of the week here. Um, by the way, we're recording this at 1.45 on Wednesday, August 4th, just for the historical live from the News Dungeon record. <laughs> but uh, we, we try to pick places where we have some existing relationships that we could, you know, have some people introduce us to some folks. The original concept was, you know, this idea of, of in, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, uh, roll the clip. Bigger point. Well, ain't you going to press the flesh, Pappy? Do a little politicking? I'll press your flesh, you little bitch. You don't tell your Pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm-hmm. Take it, Junior. <laughs> you know, uh, instead of one at a timing them, you know, uh, we've been mass communicating, right? And our goal is to go back and one at a time them, right? Because, Jeremy, you're from Hartshorn. There's a difference between, oh, this is some people who exist on Facebook, and, oh, these are some people who I've seen in the coffee shop, and I shook their hand, and they gave me a sticker and a beer koozie. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Now yeah. they're my best friends. Yeah. And so, <laughs> now I'll just hang out. I'll just come down and hang out. <laughs> right. So I would say that, that you know, just um, meeting some new people, uh, meeting some people who maybe, okay, we've emailed before, or, you know, we, we, we follow a little bit of what's going on, or they've read us a little bit, just trying to strengthen those relationships and then learn things along the way. And, I mean, we've learned, you know, I'd, I'd like to think we're going to be able to do a broader story about Dream Team prosthetics. I'd like mm-hmm. to think that, um, you know, we, we got a, a party at Kokendorfer Brewery. We got a lot out of an interview in the Muskogee Nation that we haven't used yet. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff uh, at both of those stops so far that that if we have time, you know, mm-hmm. we can do. We've got a lot of cool material. So, mm-hmm. Angela, what are your thoughts? I mean, I agree with that. And I was I've been inspired by the people that we've met in both towns. And I've felt like we just got great stories. And I mean, that's kind of what excites me is listening to people. And and when they talk about, you know, this is what they're struggling with, or this is what they're inspired by. That's just been really eye opening and insightful to me and, and really valuable, I feel like. Yeah. And we're trying to, to figure out ways. Somebody asked me, do I worry about content? And I don't worry about content. We've got more content than we have time <laughs> or people to, to cover news stories. I worry about distribution, right? I worry about okay, we, we did this article that's really involves 
you know, electricity issues in Southwest Oklahoma, and we're reliant on Facebook, Google, and Twitter algorithms to get it in front of people who otherwise you know, would want to see this. Mm-hmm. How do we develop our own distribution list? And so I don't think we, you know, came away with more than 20 email addresses in Duncan. But that means that next time we've got a Duncan story, mm-hmm. we're going to make sure those mm-hmm. specific 20 leaders who we met get that sent to them. Same thing with Oak Mulgee, same thing with other places we're going. And so that's kind of a, a small goal as well. And then I tell talk a little bit about your experience. One of the things, I guess I hang around politicians too much in politics, <laughs> but if I know one thing from the legislature, if you get some money, uh, go spend it where you want people to like you, right? Mm-hmm. And so we got this grant from the Inasmuch Foundation mm-hmm. through the Oklahoma Media Center to, to do this project. It mm-hmm. was something we wanted, I had wanted to do before we talked about it. And when they came up with this innovation fund, we were like, you know what, let's, hey, if they're going to give us the ability to reimburse ourselves for the gas, you know, uh, mileage to go down there, let's let's do this. And so you've been going around, you've had like the great job. Of, I have the I, fun job. I you, get to shop. You have a credit card and you go around <laughs> the town and what do you do? Um, so let's start with Duncan. We, uh, the, Kylie, our intern and I went to a store called Thinkability. Um, it's got a lot of local food treats, um, or artisan food treats, and then also just handmade stuff, crafty stuff. It's just a, a lovely gift gift shop, but it's called Thinkability, and it's open to support adults with developmental disabilities to be able to enter the workforce. Um, and so, not only were we supporting Duncan, but we're supporting a great cause, and then meeting the folks that are we're also in the store, the owners, the other people shopping there. Um, so, just how fun is that to get to be able to buy all these fun, delightful goodies um, to give to the Duncan banner banner. Thank yeah. you so much. So we know that like, yeah, so Thinkability is, is like a, they have a community garden as well. Yes. And it's a nonprofit that helps folks with developmental disabilities. But so, so you're buying these baskets, you're, mm-hmm. you're filling a basket mm-hmm. with locally bought items, coffees and yes. jam. Honeys and jams and salsas and, you know, yes. Jeremy, you've worked in newsrooms, all the things that you Snack on snacks, survive with <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. And and we've visited with the local newspapers where we've gone to just thank them for you know all the hard work that they're doing at the local level. Community journalism's tough, and then also make sure we kind of explain that they can run our content in their print editions for free, thanks to our sponsors at Hillary Communications. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of our you know as a nonprofit, we want people to be able to run our content if there's something from the state capital or in the education world that, you know, they don't, like AP doesn't really cover local issues anymore, you know, so where is, where is that news coming from? And so, uh, anyway, we're just taking that by the local papers. So we did that with Oak Mulgee Times, mm-hmm. Muskogee Media, um, yes. trying to. And in Oak Mulgee, we went to Miss Mary's Market, which is owned and operated by Jill Rhodes. And again, started that uh, business for her daughter who has Down syndrome. And so again, it's fresh fruits and vegetables, really sweet little gifts, and a lot of uh, delicious cinnamon rolls and fudge and treats like that. You didn't tell me about the fudge. Sorry. Cinnamon rolls? <laughs> we, we did stop at Stucky's on I-40 on the way back. And <laughs> did got, you see a pecan log? No, I did not get a pecan log. I got a Baskin-Robbins scoop of ice cream when it was like 101 degrees uh, outside. It was good. It was good. We also went to Main Street Customs. Hi, Trisha. And I bought a very cute hat. What? Yes. I didn't see <laughs> Sorry. this hat. Sorry. Do you have a hat face? I 
hope so. I don't know. Because I'm going to wear this hat, and I hope my face looks okay underneath it. Loyal listeners know that I referenced hat face in our last episode also. Uh, I wasn't A lot listening. of callbacks in this episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's Keep talk about the future yeah. of OU football. Oh. The next topic at hand, I know people love Duncan and they love Okmulgee. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, they love us. <laughs> but they really love OU football, uh-huh. right? And so uh, the big news really started like two and two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, Jeremy. That was when I was on vacation. And I remember I was sitting there waiting for my son to get out of the dentist's office. And that's when the Houston Chronicle report dropped about uh, OU in Texas investigating uh, a move to the SEC. Yeah. Um, OU investigating. I thought that was, that's a triggering phrase. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and so long story short, yeah, within two weeks, Bam, that's done. Yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's I mean, a it's it, a done it, deal. All these uh, all the other, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I, it was fairly close to like what happened in 2010, and then in 2011, and, and yeah. in 1990. You know, it's 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 the same story repeated over and over again. These things happen. They you hear about them, and then they're done. <laughs> so, and you you. Uh, went with, uh, you wrote an article and we put the headline on it. It did not have to be this way for the Big 12. By the way, that article is really good. And I just Thank said, you. I don't know anything about this, but I do know, I feel I feel like I feel comfortable with it now because I read your article. Well, thank you. Uh, I very much appreciate yeah. that. I do. <laughs> I feel that that's important Well, one you. Well, one of you explain uh, sort of the crux of your, your argument, Jeremy. Or... You, okay, I must say, I, I just felt like the uh, Big 12 has been a... I don't know, a not, they've had no uh, forward thinking, no looking, uh, no, well, foresight, forward thinking, same thing, but they've never really tried very hard over, it's like they, they did a great job of sitting on their laurels for the last, since it was created in 1996, while all the other conferences were doing this or doing that, it seemed like everything the Big 12 did was reactive at best. You mean in terms of things like the the TV network deal, you know, I mean, I, or, the Big 12 attracting network. attracting new members. Basically, or, does, the Big 12 network basically isn't a thing, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Texas then did its own network, which was, you know, the I mean. Long, and that was a big problem. But, you know, it started from sorry, very. What, what do you mean by Texas did its own network? I don't know what that means. They created the Longhorn network in, in partnership with ESPN and got some outrageous. I mean, like, you can't blame Texas. Oh, like Texas. its own. No, yeah. Like they have their, TV? Right. Thing? They have their, okay. if you had like direct TV. Like channel six hundred and forty-two would be yeah. the Longhorn Network. And do and other it, conferences also have? No, uh, most well, other conferences have their own TV network. So what happens is, is that uh, what so there's the big so there's a Big Ten network, and yeah. then there's a then there's an SEC network. So that so that like the big games would still be broadcast by CBS or ABC uh-huh. or whatever, but the, this other Network, network would, would basically be, takes what they call their third tier TV rights, which uh-huh. would basically be like the games that aren't won't show on the Kansas, uh-huh. Kansas, Iowa OU State. versus Kansas or OU versus you right. know somebody that's not going to be big and that won't be shown on the big networks on mm-hmm. ESPN, Big Fox, or anything like that. And uh, Longhorn Network shows those games for but Texas. But only for Texas. But only for Texas. And that, All the other conferences have networks that right. show those games. <laughs> and I think that's why some people would criticize. There were some OSU folks, I think, who who saw your article, and their additional opinion was, is certainly when you look at Texas, like they kind of stood in the way of some 
things that the Big 12 could could have done, like the TV network deal. That is true. Uh, and, 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 and that's why I never really singled out any of the other schools individually by name. When I say Big 12 leadership in there, I probably, if I, if I could go back and be completely transparent, I would, I would have like taken a whole paragraph and said, understanding by Big 12 leadership, this involves Texas and Oklahoma, who were the driving force of the thing. So they have their share of blame to go around on this. Um, everybody had their whole share of blame, which was basically my crux of the argument is that it didn't have to be this way if they would have just taken care of their business. From day one, when the Big 12 was formed, um, so it, again, being reactive to all the, to the other conferences, it decided to combine the Big 8 and, Big, and, and Southwest Conference into this 12-team conference. So it was going to take after what the SEC did. But, and so even then, it's following in their path. But even then, they couldn't do what the SEC did. They only took it to a half degree. The SEC protected every rival that every team had out there. If there was a, and you know how many rivals this, the, you know, Ole Miss has, a, you know, obviously Mississippi State, Auburn plays Alabama. Well, they also play Georgia, Florida, they need to play this team and all that stuff. They protected every one of those games, every one of those games that continue to play. The Big 12 didn't even bother. OU, right. OU Nebraska, gone. And OU, so it, OU Missouri. OU Missouri, gone. OU Kansas. Or not gone, it just came yeah, every not gone, year. But it didn't go. I mean, OU Kansas was the longest continuously played uh, game in the country at one point. And it, it's just gone. And, 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 or, or not every year. Big 12 didn't bother. Uh, so even then, even at the very first day, it was almost like half measures, right. and, and and we're going to half try. Or there's oh, been some, what, there's, what do we care? We're getting millions of dollars, and we have this conference. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and then Nebraska and uh, Colorado bolt. Oh yes, first mm-hmm. in 2010. 2010, Nebraska and Col- Nebraska suddenly tired of dealing with Texas, and I think I put in the article, and and some people might. You know, I was wondering because I have a lot of friends from Nebraska. Your your bosses. My bosses from Nebraska. And I was expecting, you know, okay, you know, because I kind of took a half shot at Nebraska in there because I was, I said, well, would have Nebraska have bolted if they wouldn't have like been over against Texas (laughs) over this whole 10 year stretch? Would they have hung around a little longer? And funny enough, I never heard a single. Nebraska fan go. Nebraska fans have quit reading about their football. Program. That may be that may be the case. And certainly the Big Twelve, they don't want to remember. They don't want to remember that. But they had more success in the Big Twelve than they've had in the Big Ten ever since. Um, Colorado left for the Pac-10. Well, then you had. That. And well, then Nebraska and Colorado leave, and even then, from twenty ten, oh, oh, Big Twelve's not going to add anybody. Oh, okay, we're already. You know, it was like the scene from Naked Gun. Nothing to see here. You know, go on your way. And uh, they weren't going to do anything. Nothing was going to change. I, and and I, then... Well, I was just going to say, as an aside, I like your heart coming out that you called it Naked Gun, the movie. <laughs> my, my wife does say that, Jeremy, you know the word is spelled N-A-K-E-D. It's not N-E-K-K-I-D, right? Yeah. I go, I know exactly how the word is spelled, but I can't, you know, I still can't. You can take the boy out of heart but you can't take the language out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, I have a question about the Colorado-Nebraska stuff, which yeah. is, you just said it now in the article. You said that they were kind of tired of dealing with Texas. What does that mean exactly? 
that's just it. Well, okay, Texas is has it's 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 evidently not rumored. They're they're bullies behind okay. the scenes. We want things this way. We want the, we want our games here. We want this this this. They're strong on. Uh, they weren't even the just as an aside to start the Big Twelve. The Texas legislature, the Texas what lieutenant governor, yeah, had to go and tell them that you're going to take Baylor and Texas Tech, mm-hmm. or we're not going to, you know, it'll affect funding or whatever. They they wanted out of dealing with that part of the 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 the, the real specific. I mean, the real like one of the big cruxes between the rift between Texas and Nebraska is Nebraska wanted to be a Nebraska wanted easier academic standards for their football players. They wanted partial qualifiers to be able to play for football and Texas did not. And, uh, and so right. And Texas got their way, but did Texas just get their way? It seemed like, I don't think, Oh, you wanted them either. Neither did this school or neither this school. It just happened in Nebraska. didn't happen to get their way. And then they also kept getting beat in the conference. And all of a sudden they're quote unquote tired of dealing with Texas, which I just kept thinking if they would have just showed a little more intestinal fortitude, this had never happened. (laughs) Well, and some people I think uh, didn't like, like Kansas city had been sort of the hub of the big eight conference. Right. And, The headquarters that's, moved to Dallas. That's exactly you know, right. and so I think that there was a shift in power that that some of the big eight schools didn't. And I and I and by, and that's it. I don't want to. Uh, I guess I I probably I shouldn't say that Nebraska was completely crazy by saying, "Oh, we can't deal with those guys." Texas is hard to deal with in things like that. Let's you know, we saved the Southwest Conference by bringing their schools on board, and all of a sudden the conference offices are moved from Kansas City to Dallas. The, you know, the big game, you know, it, it, it first, the first Big 12 championship game was in St. Louis. And then it's, then it moved to Kansas City. And now it's kept moving south to <laughs> Dallas. You know, it's kind of funny how that works out. So Texas can be difficult to work with. It's just, I found it interesting that the other 11 schools are 10 uh, or not, what it could seem to be dealing with them just fine when Nebraska finally threw up their hands and left for the Big Ten, which started all the dominoes. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting uh, – it's been interesting to watch. I, you know, do you think that – how long do you think the Big 12 survives? What do you think happens next? I – there's a couple of ways. You know, the Big 12's desperate to hold the – I mean – because the OU Texas move doesn't officially go until, until 2025, 2025 because the existing Big 12 media rights, the TV deal, runs through then, and OU and Texas would each owe like $76 million. In the history of realignment since 1990, no team has played more than a season and a half of a what I call a zombie uh, conference schedule. In other words, being part of a conference that they weren't going to stick with and every one of them was just like OU where they had these well it was supposed to go off for four more years well they figured out a way behind the scenes to get them to get them earlier there's a lot of like moving dominoes here uh the big 12 uh quite honestly the schools in the big 12 will probably want OU in Texas to leave early so they can get their payout money at this point they would get that lump sum they would get that lump sum um, and at the same time, you know, but then OU Texas are like, well, we'd love to leave early, but we don't want to leave early because we want to pay that lump sum. So OU Texas are kind of probably looking to other schools, hoping they leave right. early mm-hmm. and breaks up the Big 12 because if there isn't a Big 12, there's no one to pay these lump sums 
too. There was a there was and a, then I and and but in just one second here, I can't imagine the next Big Twelve conference meeting where you have all the presidents show up and if, if say OU in Texas go say and they're discussing and voting on the future of the conference. Here come Jay Hartzell and Joe Harris sauntering in the room like Jim McMahon, you know, in the <laughs> WWE. And and they're like, well, here, what are we voting for on y'all's future? That that doesn't bode. I can't imagine how that can be a long lasting thing. So this is just a disaster all around until <laughs> you, know, you in Texas so can get out of How there. do you know all this stuff? Is this just an interest of yours or do you have like a background? Well, in this I, my, that ba- I my background is uh, journalism with sports reports. Okay, okay. And, and I covered the, uh, obviously, at, at OU, at the student newspaper, a little bit in Lawton, but then when I moved out to Lubbock, I covered uh-huh. Texas Tech. And now it's just a habit of mine. I, I have to admit, when this happened, I haven't, I, y'all can make fun of me, I haven't slept very well, because I sit at night going, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And I start thinking about every <laughs> oh school, God. everything that could happen on this. I, I do. I have Like, which conference could this school did, go where, to? Where's this like, going to happen? And what's going to happen in this school? What's going to happen He's just here? in his garage, just drawing on the wall. Oh, it is. It's like that. Uh, you, like it, you need it, to find it, a way to monetize. It's, it's like you're it's having like a beautiful the, mind moment? It, what's that? A beautiful mind it, moment? It is kind of, you know, I got, actually, it's more like, it's more like like everything's sunny in Philadelphia where he's got the strings and, and you know, it's like, you know, I could think it could be like that or it could, Pe- it disconnects here. And so, Pepe it, it's Sylvia. In, it, huh? Pepe Sylvia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm totally obsessed with it. I, I have to admit. College I football tell. is one of my, I shouldn't even say one of my favorite things. I mean, it's like. It's, it's, it goes, it goes college football, Atlanta Braves, Hillary Cowan. Uh, your children. Yeah, depending on what day of the week it is. As you get closer to Saturday, yeah, it does fall into that. After Saturday, then we can move the family back. (laughs) (laughs) I actually babysat for you so you and your wife could go to an OSU, a Bedlam game one time. Yeah, we were just about to... Put food in yeah. the and then for you, them and leave them. You should have. <laughs> you you should have. I, I spent a long time just holding your son upside down because he he, it was the only way I could get him to not hit me or something. <laughs> so I, I, you know, like my wife looked at me the other day and was like, hey, you want to go? And she was talking about wanting to do something some Saturday. And I go, oh, yeah, but that ain't happening. Right, because I'll be on my patio watching college football. <laughs> she was trying to go to a craft fair. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what. That, I, I don't know. All I heard me, 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 me Saturday. So, <laughs> so I've got. So I want to. I want to go two ways. One, we got to work in so that Bryce's head doesn't explode. You meant Vince McMahon from the WWE, not Jim McMahon sauntering into the ring. Oh yeah, yeah what's sorry. Jim McMahon you, from? Jim that's McMahon's publishers. Clearing Bears. Oh. I'm sorry, that was a not uh, Ed. That's Ed sorry. McMahon. I actually met Ed McMahon. How are there so many McMahon? How do you guys know these things? I met Ed McMahon at Eggman's, the Thunderbird yes. Casino oh, 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 oh. in in Easton Norman, the Little Axe. Thunderbird Casino. I met Ed McMahon in 2004. Yeah, he was sign he was signing autographs mm-hmm. with his for his slot machine. I, anyway, uh, <laughs> okay, he, he was a big guy. He had like huge hands, and he anyway they he they took him in the back halfway through, and they were like texting his blood pressure, and I it was crazy. I still I watch Johnny Carson reruns almost every night. <laughs> Where are your slippers? <laughs> uh, the the okay so but then. Before we get to Andrea's historical nugget, I think about TV contracts in college football or college sports, uh, you said you lived in Lubbock. That's how you met your lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. But before, and by the way, everything about that family was tongue in cheek, kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know. No, she is We're- lovely, and she's the she. Yeah, you guys have a hilarious dynamic. We'll have to have her. She's an educator. We'll have to have her on the podcast. Um, but 
you had a, a run-in with Lubbock uh, when you were the, the Texas Tech student newspaper when you were in college as a sports editor of the OU Daily. Oh, right. I was wondering if you could tell that abbreviated story. A lot so, of people might not remember in 1996, the, the it was Texas 90, Tech. It was 94. 94. 94. And, 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 I, and they have a mascot. I, I would be remiss in saying I had any, I was more of an ancillary participant in this. I just <laughs> want to say I was like on okay. the outskirts because I wasn't even a paid um Staffer at the day, right. I was just just kind of a helper on sports sets. Not to say that I didn't cheer this on and stuff. I feel really no. Tell us, do we want to know? We want to know the story. I, yes. <laughs> so the Texas Tech mascot, like instead of the Boomer Sooner Schooner ponies and the that thing that crashed. Remember when? Yes. Remember how embarrassing it was when the OU Schooner tipped over yes. and it made all these memes. Well, in 1994, if memes had existed, there would have been one about TT double, double T. T. The Texas Tech horse that this Got masked marauder rides out it's after one a of touchdown. The, it's one of the better uh, 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 interests that football teams make around the country is that this jet black horse with a rider, jet masked rider, masked, uh, you know, come out and she and and the rider, so it's, it's been a she for the longest time, comes out holding double gums up in the air and the horse with the cape and the horse leads the football team onto the field, but I guess this horse... I got chills just with that. It, 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 it's really, I have to admit, it's it's really cool, but that particular day, the horse must have been young, got spooked by Not the crowd, and kind of lost control and and basically ran into a wall and and, 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 and broke its neck. Oh, no. And, and they had to put it down on the field. <gasps> So yeah, so so yeah. the oh, OU God. so the OU Daily yeah. Sports. You're desk really not mad. I'm, I'm did really what? not. You know, you're bringing <laughs> no. up things from. This is what you're. So the OU 18. Daily Sports Desk. I was ten I'm years fascinated. old. We, they got much in trouble for this. Yeah. Again, I'm on the ancillary, but they mailed a bottle of glue <gasps> to the sports desk of the then University Daily, which is the Texas Tech <laughs> student newspaper, labeled Double oh, T. <laughs> You and know, it said, from your friends, and you know, we're sorry your horse didn't want to watch Texas Tech football wow. or something along those lines. That is savage. That is, it was, and you guys. I got, mean, there's things that. Wait. Yeah, I, I have to admit, oh boy, y'all are making me sweat here. <laughs> hey, I created a fake political candidate, yeah, and nearly yeah, got thrown yeah. off the paper. It's you funny guys, the dumb things you do. And like I said, I was on the ancillary. I didn't like come. I I I, I could name the names. I could name the names. They did it and stuff, but I. I, to be, I was not exactly going, oh, you can't do that. I was more like, it's not oh, like no, it's their pet <laughs> horse that they grew up with. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I said, it's not like it's their pet horse that they grew yeah, up with. They don't know this horse. I, I know. Yeah. But it, I was, yeah, it just makes me like, oh boy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't do that now. Did you guys say <laughs> right? Yes, we did. Okay. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> you did. What was the question? We got Did you get reprimanded? Oh, yeah. By the, uh, by the, uh, by the but didn't Susan Sasso walk in all happy or laughing? I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny those words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a, that's a precursor to that's a that's a that's a journalism Oklahoma journalism historical nug. Andrea, you have something actually uh, informative. Hopefully, I, well, better. you know, we'll see. I'm just going to be straight with you. This is from Wikipedia. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> my sorry, father. Bryce, just, my father just is hit the table. Tuning out. I'm, yeah, I'm alienating everybody. Um, you let me know how much of this is wrong, because okay. I'm sure you know all this. <laughs> anyway, I was just looking at the early days of uh, college football on TV. Um, anyone want to guess what year that was? 
Oh man, what's the early days? Nineteen fifty. The f- the first the first college football game broadcast on TV. Oh, it has to be Notre Dame versus. Actually, you could probably go back to Alabama. Well, when was TV? I know that's what I was getting ready. It's gotta be the 50s. that's the big question. Thirties. When was TV? <laughs> Mid forties. So nineteen thirty nine. Ah. Okay. Fordham University versus Waynesburg College in New York City. Um, before that, college football had been on the radio from nineteen twenty one. Um, I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia. It says, prior prior to that, various other means of communication were used. For example, in 1911, more than 1,000 people gathered in downtown Lawrence, Kansas, to watch a mechanical reproduction of the 1911 Kansas versus Missouri (laughs) football game while it was being played, and a Western Union telegraph was set up direct from Columbia, Missouri, to relay the action. I got this picture in my mind of old old game that would shake. They have that. It looks like everybody went into like spasms of the, it's like Kenny Stabler is having a spasm and spinning around at the 2030 (laughs) That's Well, in in Ken Burns' baseball documentary, there's a, they have a scene of that. They had a whole baseball, a giant wall, and there was a guy behind it who would move runners in along with the radio broadcast. And so they would, you know, have... Like with shadows? or like No, it would be like a, um, like a, you know, old toy where, oh, you know, oh, oh. A, a runner <laughs> would pop up and then he'd go to, you know, second base and then, you know, the balls and strikes would... And people would crowd around and watch it. It's, I mean, in, I it's in the Ken what, Burns documentary. It's what they did with football too. OMG sports. Well, you know, one of the things I, I, with... I'm sorry, did I just... Stick no, no, go ahead. Was, I was just going to say, you know, talking about the college football... Uh, TV and all that, it, it always brings back one of the most underreported things, especially since we're dealing with this now, is the, it goes back to the 1984 case, uh, uh, OU Board of Regents versus the NCAA, where OU basically won the right to have college football t- on TV. Uh, up until that year, the NCAA decided who was on TV. So you would have Fordham versus Rutgers, on the same day that UC, USC and UCLA was playing because the NCAA decided that Fordham needed some viewers. And OU uh, finally sued on behalf of the entire college football world saying that was antitrust. And now that's why you have college football games on TV from beginning to end every day. So from the very beginning, OU has always been the disruptor on the TV well, front. Well, the- thank God for good lawyers in district courts. <laughs> yes. uh, Andrea, okay, Sorry. so. I mean, that was the, that was my nugget. That, that was, was the, the nugget? That That's good. Yeah. From 1950 on, there was like occasional games on TV until 1950. Then where there were some regional or school contracts that were set up. Um, UPenn had one for $150,000 from ABC to broadcast all home games. Wow. Um, but like a year later, uh, the NCAA shut that down, and they limited it to one broadcast of a game per week, um, which went to NBC for a little bit over a million dollars. NBC lost that contract eventually, and then broadcast Canadian football instead. Anyway, so that was the state of things until 1984. They got like extra yardage and all sorts of stuff with Canadian <laughs> I mean, football. can you imagine waking up on a college football Saturday and go, all right, we got one game today, and it's uh, Fordham versus uh, Long Island College in Brooklyn. You know, <laughs> woohoo, yeah, let's get this gun. You know? Free game. <laughs> we're, we're tailgating. Uh, that's pretty good. Angela, you've been so tuned oh, into the I'm sorry, sports, sports. sports ball sports. conversation. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, what's the last football game you went to? Uh, High school? Um, no, I've been to an OU game. Once. Okay, listen. One time I went to an OU game and I got cute 
I want to say I was maybe, I don't even think I was 21 yet. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And it was rain. It had rained and a big truck. I was on the sidewalk in front of the <laughs> library bar and grill and a big truck came by and splashed water all over me. And so I was just wet and makeup running and not cute. And then we went to the tent. What's the, the pre-tent that you can go to? Sure. Tailgating. On, the, t- sure. The, the tent. There's like food and people. Okay, there was a big tent <laughs> with food. Um, and then people that were just like, you know, hadn't been splashed with water. And so, and so um, everybody just looked really cute and like had their like eyeshadow and lipstick matching their like crimson and cream outfits. And I just was like, yeah, I don't like sports. Those girls look ridiculous. <laughs> I think you probably looked better. Were, were you wearing game day jeans? Maybe. Have we talked about game day jeans? What's you know game what day I, jeans? Game no, day I don't jeans. Know what game day jeans are. Game day jeans are like bedazzled. a woman's. Yeah, they're bedazzled. Mm-hmm. They're the nicest. You know, they're my. They're the best jeans. It's a new level of jeans. Mm-hmm. What? And they're. And they're I've yeah. never had game day jeans in my life. No, Wait. you know, you just walk around on game day, Jeremy, and you'll see. You're like those game are, day jeans. Game day jeans. Wait, are they, they're like bedazzled with crimson and cream? Is uh, that the idea? Sometimes maybe like an O and a U. Maybe. Or just, or just sometimes bedazzled, they're just, really nice. just bedazzled. Uh, a lot of stuff going on booties. on the butt, like a lot, yeah, a lot of stitching, a lot right. of yeah, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> they put them in the dryer, tighten them up. Yeah, what? Yeah, wait, wait that butt this, in there. this is a thing. <laughs> I know this, this is just your observation of women's jeans. I, I listen. Put it in the comments, right? You're, you're saying they don't wear these jeans otherwise. These are like I'm special sure in the drawer for the game. These are like special. This is like. Crisp new bedazzled butts in the <laughs> in the seats of the stadium. Crisp new bedazzled butts. Wow, is that the, that's, <laughs> wow, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. All right, on that <laughs> note, let's. My wife, I've ever noticed my wife to, bedazzling her jeans to go to a game. I've I, been to an OSU game and ran into an ex-boyfriend that I cheated on. So I just don't feel like sporting <laughs> events are like my Whoa. thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not for me. Uh, did you cheat on him at the game or that you had previously Previously. Okay, I was it. in high school. Give me a break. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do our favorite segment. Yeah. Pod nods. Yeah. Something I know about. Duncan edition. Is this Duncan edition? This I don't is, know. Uh, you know, a lot of these people, thank you so much. Um, they are, they were part of our summer fundraiser, which is still kind of ongoing. Um, and... Yeah. So first, I actually first I'd like to start by saying thank you to Ace to the ACLU. They are our newest sponsor. Shout out to them. Thank you so much. I like civil liberties. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, come on. It's on the same level as game day jeans. Um, and then also Fowler Automotive, um, longtime sponsor of ours, and we appreciate your support. I drive a pretty sweet Fowler car. You do. You do. And it's like constantly changing color. It does change color. Yeah, it's very cool like And that. some assholes. You have a hyper color car? I don't Just know. Like Somebody ran into lining. it and didn't leave a note. I'm oh. annoyed. Oh, I got to go down to Fowler. Jonathan, I'll be there. Annoyed. <laughs> so, be, so prepare that guy. It'll be fine. Okay, but it's time to say thank you. A great big thank you to our wonderful donors, Brian Rousey, Christy Elkins, Christy Yeager, Lane Evans, Tyler Tokarczyk, Brad Wojtek, John Cox, Brad Holt, Vicky, Vicky Busick, Nancy Yock, Joe Evans, Leah Nellis, Sarah Gray, David White, Helena Hind, and Chris Deal from Duncan. Thank you so much, guys. We definitely appreciate your support, and we are reader-funded. So it's people like you that keep us in business. 
We want to spin you around blindfolded and see if you can like pair up those names together. That was a lot of last names. <laughs> that was yeah. some Eng- that was some European descent. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so thank you for everybody again. The Insmuch Foundation has helped make our uh, visits to these communities uh, a success. Part of the Innovation Fund through the Oklahoma Media Center. That's been great. Are we done? Is that it? I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm good. I have a final question. Mm. Oh, oh, one more thing before I forget. Okay, um, let's say you had to live off the land for a living, and you let's just assume. I don't know where tacos live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hunt them. I don't know where to go. Is there a habitat? They are <laughs> elusive. Do they stay, are they under? Are they with snipes? <laughs> yeah, you gr- you gr- you grow them. You're gonna grow. T- okay. Well, there you go. Uh, let's just assume that you could. You had the capital investment. You had the ability to make a moderately successful attempt. Uh, but it still is no guarantee that you're going to like survive uh-huh. uh, farming one item. Okay. You can pick one thing to farm. Weed. Oh, I didn't even think about weed. <laughs> All right. Why are you Why are you farming marijuana? It's lucrative and helps me sleep at night. Uh, okay. That's... Wait. Yeah. So can you like? Do you have to only eat what you grow, or you have to? You can sell it. You stuff. can sell it. Yeah. Oh. You got to. You just have to farm agave. Agave. Yes. Uh, why? Agave. Um. Because you can make tequila out of it, and then you can sell it. And I always thought I'd look really good in like a head-to-toe white suit and hat, sitting on the porch oh, overlooking my yes, with like my a little cane. Hole. With like a little cane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe like a monkey perched you're, on your shoulder. You're Ooh, old. Yeah, I'm yeah. This. Maybe an iPad. Yes, I'm yes, seeing this. Yes, you're, yes, you're all yes. wrong. You're all wrong, Bryce. The correct answer is saffron. Oh, saffron. Uh, yeah. Because it's the most expensive. Oh, yes. It's like $13 for this, like a little shred of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you make tequila out? But what about almonds? <laughs> almonds is a good crop. Almonds, we use water. way too almonds much water. Almonds take so water. much water. Yeah. Okay. Right. No. You don't want to have the, to do that. The answer is saffron because you will make you can't all make the money. In the <laughs> vanilla would also be good. Actual vanilla. Okay. Do you have to do this in Oklahoma, though? You're not going to grow vanilla. Oh, that's Oklahoma. true. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah. I'm not saying, well, you're not going to grow agave in Oklahoma. I guess well, in the panhandle. Yeah, you probably could. In the, yeah, you probably They got those cactuses that make little fruits and whatnot. Yeah. I'd be okay leaving Oklahoma. All right. Andrea, what are you picking? I mean, if I can grow anything regardless of climate, maybe like a, maybe like mangoes. I like mangoes. They're fairly expensive. Okay. It'd be mangoes. a nice life, I think. It's okay. pretty good. A lot of know. our questions are about food. I, I just came up with this question at the last yeah, second. I was going to, I immediately thought asparagus because I've got a start on it already and it just spreads <laughs> and you can't stop it. But it takes forever. I think it takes like seven yeah, years. Yeah, but what, no, like... you get, once you get like three years in, you're golden. Okay. And so you'd have to take out a big long bank note if we know any bankers. You know, we could, we could get a, I could tote that note. And the good news is the federal government will give you loans, you know, at a, at a better rate, right? Okay, so let's start our asparagus weed mango farm. <laughs> or won't they, do they? I, Agave. Well, I think I'm, Agave I think I'm confusing uh, agricultural finance uh, details, but, you know, <laughs> Jeremy knows nothing. <laughs> I mean, at a better rate, I'm just saying. I that, would say that. For all your banking needs, you should go to a bank, Trace. A community bank? Yes. A is that what you bank would say? In Oklahoma. That is exactly <laughs> what I would say right here. <laughs> I know nothing of anything else you're speaking of there. <laughs> all right. Well, as I start my asparagus farm and as we plan our future travels around the state of Oklahoma, we will scout for a place that has the perfect climate to grow mangoes, saffron. asparagus, Apparently saffron, saffron. Yeah. all of the things. Yeah. Agave. 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 <laughs> 
Live from the News Dungeon is a non-doc.com production. Produced and edited by Bryce Holland.